coming to country or cross country or whatever is whatever it was. And then it brings out, and I might piss off a few people here, but they bring out Florida Georgia line. I'm like, fuck this, man. Like, I mean, it's that. shitty country music, anyways, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was like, no, of course. Hey, welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast, the podcast with strong opinions about things that we may or may not know too much about in order to broaden perspectives. Welcome back. We're back with Gary T. Caps, and we're going to continue the conversation about his musical career. But the strong opinions, they're coming out today. We're having some strong opinions about country hey. music and what you know we feel about how country music has mm. turned. Um, so stick around for that conversation. Remember, mm. once again, I Love San Antonio is out right now. You can get it on Spotify. You can find it anywhere you get your music. And album release party, September 10th. It's right around the corner. If you're watching this on Thursday, September 9th, it's right around the corner. We're, we might be there. I'm trying to convince Worm to come down. Maybe. So Listen. go check it out. Paper Tiger, San Antonio. Let's continue the conversation. Sit back. Buckle up. Let's go too hard, too fast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Welcome to... Too hard, too fast. I like Austin, but I love San Welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast. My name is Garrett T. Caps. Let's rock. Let's drink some beer. But I love San The podcast of the century. It's the local Well, if my wife was here, she would totally say that I've completely like messed up a lot of your lyrics as I'm trying to sing while driving, and she's like, good. "That's not even what he's saying, good. George." Like, That's good. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm just trying to enjoy. Uh, so, what's the what's up with the the ambient sounds? Like, I, I know it's like a remix from an other album that you have, but what made you want to go with ambient sounds? So, I have a band based out of San Antonio. I have all sorts of backing bands. Some do live in Austin. The band I'm playing with tonight is an Austin-based backing band. But my main San Antonio band is a psychedelic country band, is how it would be described, I think. And uh, there's a dude named Justin Boyd in the band that processes my guitar signal through all these crazy synthesizers. And he makes space noises. And he wanted to remix my album In the Shadows again when it came out a few years ago for an ambient version. So I said, yes. <laughs> how, how was that received? Because I like ambient uh, sounds, but usually when I go to sleep, um, how was it received when you put it out? I don't know if anybody, I'd never heard of anybody doing it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's relatively unconventional. Um, so, yeah, not that many people talk about it. <laughs> well, that's why we're too hard, too fast. We bring out the random stuff. Good, good. <laughs> your your song, Born in San Antonio, bringing it back to that. I'm a, it came out in Billions, the TV show Billions. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was talking about when uh, I didn't think the people outside of town would like the song because it's, it has a verse that just says all this shit about San Antonio that I know about or had to look up or was told about. 
and it, whatever. But uh, so something about it people like. And uh, the director of that show, Billions, I think this was in 2017, heard heard it on his Spotify like customized playlist when he was on an airplane. Freaked out. Went on my like bunk ass website <laughs> at the time. Emailed my email that didn't work. Oh no! They tried to correspond with me on like my Facebook page that I don't check. Like, I feel like <laughs> at the time I just didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just playing local gigs all the time, like with no direction. But I had an album on the internet that's pretty good, but no one was listening to it because no one knew who I was except for this guy. <laughs> and uh, he finally got a hold of me and told me he loved the song and wanted to use it in his TV show. So I said, cool. Some people, some people, I mean, regardless of how he was going to use it, when your music gets used in a show of that caliber, it pays pretty well. But uh, he used it in a way that was like extremely prevalent. Like they introduced a new character from Texas the first scene of episode one, season three, Paul Giamatti is walking down the hallway and like my song's playing. Like you cannot, like it's a, I don't really watch the show, but at the time, whatever the audience for billions is or was like, they really latched on to whatever was part of the songs were playing in the soundtrack. So one of those soundtrack TV shows. And, uh, I was the only unknown artist on the soundtrack for that entire season and uh, maybe ever. And it's just kind of people still watch the show and find me on the internet or come to concerts or whatever. But it was like a really crazy amount of exposure for me. Um, I've gotten other TV show placements since then that paid the same amount of money but you can't even tell the song is playing in the show. You know, it's like just, Oh wow. (laughs) Fucking nuts that this pays that much money and you can't even tell what music's playing. But in billions, it it wasn't about the money. It was about the, the presence of the song in the show. And he did that on purpose because he wanted to help me and he helped me a lot. I I released my next album a month after that show debuted and it was like uh, a very big help to promoting my new stuff when when you got the call when he finally contacted you was able to get to you were you like this isn't real or what was that art did you did you even know what the show was i didn't didn't really know much about it but i mean i i don't know sometimes like when y'all when y'all hit me up, like I knew you were real people. But sometimes, <laughs> you know, you get spammed by convincing spammers. So you gotta kind of look out. But or I guess in this guy's case, he's so intense. His name's Brian Koppelman. He has his own podcast and he's a well-known director of movies and uh he's a big music fan. Like I couldn't tell if he was just some crazed dude that was like trying to uh, get a hold of me in every single possible way that he could. 
Um, but yeah, it all worked out. He was cool. I hadn't talked to him in a while. Yeah. But. No, but yeah, that's why I was wondering because I, you know, I get DMs all the time, and I can never tell when something's like a real deal or or something's a real person. Like, and then so I'll just send like a stupid message back, and if they respond with something that doesn't have anything to do with that, it's like okay, I know they're fake. Uh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, that does suck. That's why I was wondering, like, because I feel like I, for me, I would be still too like. No, I don't know if this is real. I'm going to go ahead and pass on it and <laughs> just pass on a really good deal. I always wanted to get a perspective. We've had other music, musical artists on here, and I just find it really interesting. I don't know if you want to talk about it. If you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to. But what kind of effect did the pandemic have on you, on your country, on, on your music itself, uh, besides playing shows, but not, not being able to play shows? Yeah. Well, I mean... Other than the obvious shit that happened to a lot of people, um, I mean, I've always, I've been able to tour, I've been able to go on tours in my own way. I'm not a bit like hugely popular artist by any means, but I've been able to, to tour for the last three and a half years because I always have different irons in the fire at home. I work in the event production industry. I own a venue. I'm always booking shows. Like, like it's not just playing music for me, but that also means that like every aspect of my professional life is centered around gatherings. So last year was just a total mind fuck. I think if I, if I worked, and it still is. If I, th- I think if I worked in a for a corp- corporation or something that could easily pivot to working from home, <laughs> yeah, you know, like that would be weird. But you can't do what I do from home, like digital gatherings and concerts. Like that isn't satisfying or cool, you know. Did you ever get into those? Did you ever do them? I did some, but. I don't give a shit about like, I don't give a shit about that stuff. Like I, I need to go into uh, the world. Yeah. Right? Being out there. What, what's that feeling like being on stage? What is that? I mean, the stage, yeah. the, the stage performance thing is de- like definitely the typical, like biggest high uh, that I can get. I don't need to be drunk or anything. It's just like uh, living in the moment. It's hard to do for a lot of people, but not hard to do on stage. It's always a flash. Um, so, yeah, that sucked not playing that many shows or conventional shows or finding out what – I didn't know what to do with myself since, like, nothing was going on, except I did record a shitload of projects that I'd wanted to do. So I, I did all sorts of conceptual records, but – uh and some had strictly remote recording where I collabor- collaborated with people online. But it came around this time last summer, I had organized the band that plays on I Love San Antonio. And I decided, fuck remote recording. I'm going to organize a band that kicks ass and they're going to learn my songs. 
and we're going to go into the studio and record them like a normal band. <laughs> and, uh, and then I did all sorts of overdubs and remote recording from there. But uh, the energy had to be there. And the only way to get that energy is to have the band in the room together. So uh, to answer your question, the pandemic sucked. But like we're talking about I love San- the, my new record, I Love San Antonio, which would absolutely not exist if I didn't have the time to work on a bunch of backburner projects. This was my honky tonk album, quote unquote. So, well, it's a really good album. And so, if one good thing came out from all this craziness, um, this would be one of them uh, for sure. Right on. I, I think, you know, if people listen to it, I would say Worm should listen to it a little more. He, he usually just listens to Bible verses. But <laughs> but uh, I really enjoyed listening to it, man. I really like. I wanted to like get into it and uh, for this interview, but more so, it was just like it was just fun to listen to. Like and that's what it's supposed to be. Like like of all the projects that I haven't released yet, that are a product of last year and this year. Uh, this is the one I wanted to release first because it's really fun. And it seems like people are having fun listening to it. So that's cool. For sure. And there's this one song, Neon Neon Love Waltz. I'm sorry if I yeah. can't get it wrong. Yeah. But uh, the girl that sings with you on that song? Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. Golly. When she starts singing, it's awesome. That's oh, awesome, man. She's a dear friend of mine. She's from here. She lives in Buda now, but she's lived in Austin for a long time. Yeah, her voice. It's all it's really good. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, I really love that song. Um so I saw somewhere that you also have a podcast yourself. Is that still something you're doing? Yeah. I mean that, that uh we started that about two years ago and we were doing interviews in person with bands that were touring through or we'd go up to Austin or wherever and try to meet with them in person to do the interviews. But last year we started doing remote recording like this mm-hmm. and really started getting shit done. So then we started rolling out this year and basically there's a whole team, like a team of four or five of us behind this podcast, trouble country. And the whole idea is uh, to kind of discuss and, uh interpret the history of like counterculture and country music and uh trouble country is what i call my music now like overall that's like the like i i make trouble country music and i've always had trouble trouble fitting (laughs) in to different scenes or being, having people put a label on me, so feels good to have created my own label. And, yeah, like, uh, because you always you hear well, like when I was trying to come up with a way to introduce you, um, and the kind of music you play, 
you hear all kind all kinds of this different kinds of country and like red dirt country, Texas country, uh, outlaw country. Um, yeah. I like this. I like trouble country. I like, that's a definitely a new term. And I like the idea of, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, trouble country is a really, really broad spectrum and like arguments on unreleased episodes. Um, include like, is Lil Nas X trouble country? You know, <laughs> Or, I, I mean, Nelly's new shit is definitely Trouble Country. I haven't heard it yet, but he's definitely being marketed as this, like, famous rapper that is officially now in the country music realm. Like, he messed with it a few years ago, but now it's like, Nelly is a country pers- rapper. It's really weird. I'm going to listen I, to it after our interview, actually. Well... If not to steal your whole uh, episode on that, and um, I'm sure whenever whenever you do release it, it's going to have good topics on it. But I I don't know how I feel about that because sure I love I mean I like Nelly I I I listened to him when I was when I was young and you know country grammar and all that stuff and then when he did his stuff with Tim McGraw that was cool and we are talking about the same Nelly right that's the Nelly. Oh yeah, not Nelly for Nelly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then, um, uh, I saw, I haven't heard any of it, but I saw a commercial with Nelly, you know, coming to country or cross country or whatever is whatever it was, and then it brings out, and I might piss off a few people here, but they bring out Florida Georgia Line. I'm like, fuck this, man! Like, I mean, it's shitty that. country music, anyways, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was like, no, of course. Of course, Nelly, who makes is rapping and is awesome at that, and has a good. I I like the Tim McGraw song. I think Tim McGraw needed a little more stuff, more like presence in that. And then, but of course, it's going to be an easy jump to with Florida Georgia Line, who practically raps every country song. Right, right. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little. I know. I feel you, man. I feel you. It's like. Uh... If I was going to label the new Nelly music as Trouble Country, I would also mention that it sucks. <laughs> it's shitty Trouble Country. I'm a, but uh, but it's weird. Weird. country music's weird. Most things that come from Nashville these days from something really terrible like Florida Georgia Line all the way to even some of the like hipper, cool artists. Like There's something about Nashville that just it sucks yeah yeah it's it's totally different from you know the nashville that i grew up wanting to visit when i was a kid i was like oh george Strait, alan jackson you know that kind of stuff yeah that i enjoyed i i'm sure some people are like no george Strait. even george Strait was the beginning of the end that's what some people are, would say or maybe garth, few people. Brooks. garth brooks garth brooks definitely so i'm a garth brooks fan though i don't know if yeah. i, I don't know if you are but I'm a big Garth Brooks fan, but I can see where they say, you know, his... I think Garth... Over the place stuff. Garth's definitely the beginning of, like, the arena country. There, uh, yeah. You and know. you know what? I do say, because I, I, can, I can see my friends and family going, uh, don't you like Kenny Chesney a whole lot? Like, isn't he one of your favorites? Yes, I do love Kenny Chesney, but I, it's different. It's island country. <laughs> that works. Island country. <laughs> You're right. Um, but 
I do. I there's this new group that just came out, uh, and they're totally Nashville, you know, made or whatever. I I don't know. Maybe they're, I don't. They're not Nashville made, but they're up there. The um, they're called Catanalics, and they but they do something so different. It's Spang Spanglish country. I guess you can uh-huh. say it's Spanish. I heard that and, yet. No, I need to look it's, that, it's that Spanish up. and uh, right. and country music. So that's why when you. It's Cat and Alex, K-A-T. Oh, Cat and Alex, cool. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, the I think one I think the girls Puerto Rican and the the guys Dominican. I don't I'm not sure what they are Cuban. I think the the guy his, her husband is Cuban. So they'll 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 do like half English, half Spanish songs, and I think it works well. And especially you know like I speak sometimes half English, half Spanish. So. <laughs> Um, I enjoy that part, especially with the, that's why I really enjoyed the Margarita Margarita song. Cause it has that, like you said, the Spanish and English into it. And the yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Okay. So we'll, we'll bring it to an end. There's a couple of questions that we want to ask. Uh, first one I'll ask, I'll have Worm actually ask a question. Sorry, Worm. I know I talked over uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you always give me crap, but it's, it's all right. It's not about you, bro. It's about the guest. But all right, I let you this time. All right, man. The famous question. Do you have a too hard, too fast story? You know, a too drunk to function story or, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Even if it's not about yourself, it could be about someone else. Oh, <laughs> some, crazy, some crazy ass story that you feel comfortable sharing. All right. Here's something just it isn't like it isn't. Yeah, here, here is a story. Um, let's think it isn't that crazy but I don't really I'm not like a huge weed smoker or anything but uh, when I was when I was uh, traveling whenever we travel through Colorado or whatever or Portland or, or Oregon places where weed is legal we usually like my band there are definitely some Heavier, heavy smokers in the band. Um, we like to buy shit at the dispensaries. And I'm a lightweight, so you can get like CBD, heavy CBD joints. <laughs> it's like 99.5% THC and like point, I mean, 99.5% CBD. And like 0.05% THC. So it's not like the shit you buy here in San Antonio. It actually has some psychoactive effects or whatever. And that's enough for me. Because I don't <laughs> like getting super stoned or anything. But I like to relax and smoke something every once in a while. But uh, nice. anyways. Worm, worm is probably high right now. Good. <laughs> I, uh, sunglasses. <laughs> I totally we were in Seattle and we'd been smoking these weak ass joints and really enjoying it like the lame dudes we were and still are and uh, I was like I'm going to get really I'm going to like take some massive rips from this joint this <laughs> CBD joint so I like hard too fast. it was Hell like yeah. The a morning we were heading to Bellingham, Washington, and I took some massive rips 
from what I thought was like a really tame joint. And I put it back in the case and my friend goes, what, uh, which one is that? And I like picked it up and it was, uh, green crack. So it, <laughs> it, it was like, uh, the most, the highest THC, like, doused in like, uh, wax or whatever. And then like, Keith is like everything, you know? <laughs> so like right as he was saying that, it was just like, <laughs> and uh, I was insanely, insanely high for like 10 hours or something. <laughs> Did you have to play a show at all? or were you? Were yeah, we played a show and it was weird, but it was a weird show anyways. So, you know, you were able to play. That is awesome. Yeah. That's why <laughs> that's the story that came to mind for whatever reason. But, uh, wow. That was definitely too hard, too fast. Too hard, too fast. Oh, how did you feel on stage uh, while you had that uh, that high? Weird. Strange. Uh, <laughs> and there was no like a uh, weird like freak out like uh, like or like that anxiety like, oh, shit, feeling that sometimes when it's too much. I think the anxiety had passed by the time it was time to to jam, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, there was, it was definitely like, I get really, really anxious when I'm that stone. That's why I don't like to smoke. Yeah. yeah. No, so. I, I can relate. Yeah. I, I, I probably wouldn't have even got in on stage. <laughs> why is everybody staring at me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just on the mic. What the fuck do y'all want? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that brings to mind. Have you ever like had like a moment like of where you're, everything went south on stage like everything just like a really bad uh gig or, or mess up on stage yeah i mean uh all the time oh, and, and so, so, i mean it, it just depends there's different varying degrees of chaos uh in 2019 my last my last full tour of europe where we did the netherlands France, Spain, and Germany, and Belgium. By the time we were driving into Spain, the whole band was getting sick with something. It was some something, and we were all getting sick in this van on our fucking awesome tour. And when we got to Barcelona, we were playing this rock club that was blasting like Def Leppard. And the people there were cool, but like we were all really feeling shitty and the sound was so bad. And I just remember like, I can still see it. And I, I, I can't see every stage. Like if I, if I went and looked at my tour dates, I wouldn't remember how I felt at some shows, but I remember looking at my bandmates during that show with this packed small club and it just sounded like shit and it was humid. And like everyone in the band just looked like shit. And we left the we left that tour that club that night thinking like that was the worst show we have ever played, and uh, ironically, that is the one show, one singular show, I have heard the most about. Like I, someone posted about it like two days ago. Like I I played probably eighty shows a year, and have for four years. And that show gets posted about on the internet 
more than any of them. I don't even know why. Like, I still think it was our worst show. But uh, but something about the crowd there really liked it. <laughs> Maybe they just like the fact that like you're like like they got to see a normal. Well, this is what a struggle. A struggle. Yeah. yeah. You kind of I don't know something. I wish I could see what they, are they posting videos or do they. Just post pictures of. Oh, uh, there might be some videos somewhere if you look up Garrett T. Caps Barcelona. Barcelona. I'm gonna try to see if I can find anything on there, and I'll add it to this. Uh, but with that said, we're coming to the end. I love San Antonio. You can get it now on Spotify, any audio platform. But where can somebody yeah. else? Where can they get a hard copy? Or if so, still you can that? order the LP um, on VinylRanch.com. That's the guy that put the record out for me it isn't isn't going to be out of the plant the vinyl plants take forever these days uh it should ship out by like november so two two months from now and are are you are you more of a hard copy kind of guy or you're cool with the the you know the new stuff that we do now we just stream it i like to have i think vinyl is cool I, i usually buy my friends vinyl to support them I think physical media is way easier to pay attention to. Um, I struggle to pay attention to music on the internet when I know I can listen to everything. You know, right. if I have one CD in my CD player, I know CDs aren't that popular these days, but I just leave it in there. But if I'm listening to something on my phone in my car, I'm always thinking about the next thing I'm going to listen to. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think for like a whole year, I went with a Kenny Chesney uh, CD stuck in my truck. And so I think I almost gave up on Kenny Chesney because it was too much. So uh, I could see where like, you know, the hard copy and actually the whole physical like of having a vinyl and taking the actually physically putting it on the record, putting the needle down. And you're doing it with intent. I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to sit back and relax. Yeah, okay. for sure. Fair enough. So thank you very much for being on here. We truly appreciate thank it. You, Garrett. Yeah, thank you. Uh, with that said, we're at the end. Worm, what are you going to say? Go see Garrett T. Caps with a side of Pico de Gallo. Woo, huh? Go see him. Album release Fiesta, September 10, 2021. It's out now. If you're listening right now, this week, He's going to be there, Paper Tiger, on Friday, 6 p.m. Maybe Warm and I are going to show up. And we're not the main Indeed. attraction at all, but show up. It'll be fun. <laughs> oh, we definitely want to go. And uh, I'm trying yeah. to convince Worm to come down so we can go. Come hang. Yeah, to San Antonio. Got to go. Nice. Uh, uh, with that said, remember, dare to be you, dare to be weird. Bye. Listen to, listen to some good music. <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfect. I appreciate it. Have a safe trip to Austin. Have a great show, man. Thanks, y'all. Y'all have a good weekend. You too, brother. Thank you.